Welcome to the Are You Screw podcast. Welcome. We are back. The Are You Screw podcast. Uh, this is Adam here, I guess, semi-hosting tonight. Uh, Max is also with me. Hello, Max. Hello. And we've got Mike uh, on location in Miami because uh, he's doing his real job and covering the Knicks. Mike, uh, how is uh, uh, Miami treating you? Uh, I went for a run and then I went in the water and then I'm going to get dinner soon and I cannot complain. Other than the fact that I woke up at 4.30. Sounds like a fun time so far for you. <laughs> Apolog- apologies for keeping you up late tonight to uh, to go and tape this with us. But we do appreciate it because uh, we do have some fun stuff to get to uh, this okay. evening. I'm just, my, before Mike said 4.10, now it's 4.30. Soon we're going to find out he actually woke up at like 9 and he's making the whole thing up. Hey, he's a, he's an early morning riser. for And now he's finishing up his day with nothing more than he would want to do than to tape a podcast relating to uh, Rutgers sports. But hey, they almost didn't lose. That is true. That is true. We are uh, here to recap uh, a homecoming weekend in which Rutgers lost Northwestern uh, 18-15. to um, I guess for some people, maybe it was a surprise that they stayed competitive. All I got to say is I was right about the spread. They covered. <laughs> so they covered, and I was right. Now, I'm sure I'm going to get shit on for basically, say, screaming money line the entire game when I thought Rutgers was actually going to pull this off. But, Mike, they actually covered. I was right. Uh, I mean, okay. We're still not going to listen to you. Especially because your explanation was because weird things happen on homecoming. That was, that was your reasoning for thinking they were going to cover, was because weird things happen on homecoming. Which was kind of true. Arts and Kowsey, no interceptions, kind of weird. Uh, the running game, a big gain for a touchdown with uh, Pacheco, kind of weird. And the defense showed up, kind of weird. So some weird things actually did happen, uh, and and they found a way to to cover. I guess, Max, what's what's your overall takeaway from, from homecoming weekend? Well, my overall takeaway was that that was a crap football game. And I don't, I don't just mean that from a Rutgers perspective. We have criticized Rutgers and their brand of football a lot. But that was also a crap brand of football from Northwestern. That was just 60 minutes of bad football. Now, beggars can't be choosers. It was nice to watch a Rutgers game on a Saturday and not feel like you wasted three and a half hours of your life. Maybe you wasted it a little bit, but you, for at least a time, thought that they could maybe win the game. I was never convinced that they were going to win that game, but at least they kept your attention for three like three and a half hours. At no point, Adam, were you were you like, oh, let's go back out to the tailgate? No, you were thinking, I'm in the stadium, I'm in this. Now we can we can talk about like, did it really matter if they won the game or not? But at least for three and a half hours on one Saturday afternoon, you felt like okay, this isn't a total waste of my time. Yeah, and Mike, I think maybe you could speak to this more. And and Max, you guys are both more into professional sports than I am. So I was trying to find like the analogy for this past weekend. And I guess if you're a Rutgers fan and you are 100% certain that Chris Ash is not the guy and you don't want him in the program next year, then you are kind of a fan of a tanking team, right? Like in professional standards, usually obviously you have the draft to worry about. So you want your team to lose in order to be better for the next year, so on and so forth. The hardest thing, obviously, about college sports is there are no, there's no draft to worry about. So it's really tough to root against your team because you know how bad it's going to be if they continue to lose. But I guess, Mike, in that term, if you want Chris Ash gone, this was kind of something you wanted to happen. They were competitive. They could have won the game. But at the end of the year, we're probably not going to be referencing, oh, they played Northwestern close, so that's why Chris Ash is going to be the coach next season. Somebody will. I, I think like this is the this is the kind of the, like the red herring, right? If you're having this discussion of whether Chris Ash should go, it's kind of the same way Kyle Flood was five and six at the end of 2013. Then he won a game against USF at the end of the year, and they're six and six, and all of a sudden everyone's saying he should stay. Like this is a total game that should not matter in the long run because it's the complete outlier for this season. And so for anyone to even 
you know, take and extrapolate this game into a decision making on Chris Ash would be foolish to me. I don't even know, but I don't even. We're gonna do that again. Like, should they get rid no, of? No, we're, we're not. We're not. But like, if, but I'm saying in the tanking scheme, like, if you want Rutgers to tank, or if you're viewing this as some kind of bigger picture, um, uh, like bigger picture look at Ash, like this game doesn't matter. They still lost. Okay, it was close this time. Who cares? That's one out of every you know six games that you keep close. But again, it was nice to watching well, no it was fun it, it was, it was like fun. i thought i thought i was going to be able to go for a run by the time the fourth quarter started get some stuff done before i went to work and then i'm like sitting there at three o'clock and somehow this is a game that's not a blowout and like Rutgers still has you know its percentage chance of winning and i'm like god damn it i wasn't planning on this well the the offense was still like bad like it, there, oh, there, there, there is nothing good yeah. to take i mean pacheco had that nice run that was cool uh, he he looks to be a, a real you know big i don't know big time but he can be a contributing running back in the big 10 he has shown that he belongs and i think before the season started we want we wanted to see okay like who who belongs and he's someone who definitely belongs uh it was nice to see the defense show up uh it, it was really nice for the first time in seemingly five years that the open slant 12 yards down the field was not open the open out route 12 yards down the field was not open it seemed like it, you know for for years now it seemed like Rutgers has been playing defense with nine players and it didn't feel like that on Saturday so that was cool how about the fact that there were multiple times where safeties and corners turned their head to the football and like batted down a pass and played legitimate defense and didn't face guard um Tverdov is a stud there was a couple plays where he just burst through the line of Northwestern, which is great to see. And good. I, I know, I know it's cheesy. It was fun to see Chris Ash blow up on the sidelines and go crazy. Like it, I, I don't even, I could care less about right call, wrong call. Like we had some fun in the group chat uh, after that game about the personal foul call, the aftermath of it though, it kind of, it, Chris Ash has been so nonchalant for his career at Rutgers so far that him actually going crazy maybe did help a little bit. It, it actually, they it's so rare where you get that personal foul and those 15 yards don't matter. They made the stop on fourth down. Well, it was 30 yards because then he got the unsportsmanlike I meant the extra penalty. 15 after the Right, the, so it was the, the a, thir- a 30-yard penalty. Yeah, was it, a, was it a penalty? Was it not? Whatever. But at, at least for the fans, it was fun to be like, hey, this guy is human and he's angry maybe that could be his thing he's the super angry coach <laughs> all of the time just scream not his players be super nice to the players and just yell at the referees the whole game i think fans would sign up for mike that. did you like to see some personality finally and some just some rage from chris ash there i thought it was fun it was good it was like a, it's gonna make for a great gif to use for the rest of the year and it's something we can tweet out if they decide to keep him when this season's over and now, bottom line is, as we said, they did wind up losing that game 18-15, but Mike brings up a couple good points. There were some fun moments as a fan, as Max said. They stayed in the game. You didn't know what was going to happen. Kind of a nice change of pace. Um, and, Mike, you caught this even better sitting at home uh, watching that game. Um, we need to talk about Helmet Guy for Rutgers. That's our kinda, He's kind of become the internet sensation of the last week or so. That's kind of where Rutgers football is at right now, that a grown adult sitting at a college football game was wearing a Rutgers helmet next to the locker room. The camera catches that going into halftime, and he becomes the internet sensation. Mike, where do you stand on uh, helmet guy? I am for it, although I think it was a little too warm in the year to wear a helmet for an entire afternoon. I would have waited till later in November when it was a little colder and, you know, you, you use it for warmth, basically. I don't think those helmets, I mean, they, they make you a little bit warm, but they're, it's not what the helmet is used for. I, I don't know how warm it's it is. It's not used for anything that you might use it for in the stands. I'm surprised they let that in. I mean, it's, it's a big, hard piece of plastic like <laughs> like I, I could very easily be used what was that maybe he put it in one of those clear plastic bags as long as you put it in the clear plastic bag you can bring it in right yeah now. um yeah that, so that was cool uh yeah i mean guy, that's thing. could be a thing he, he's made his own twitter handle now like rutgers helmet guy although he was pandering for like follows and likes from the athletic department where that point dude let him come to you play play a little hard to get I mean, you you made yourself into kind of like the one day internet star, but uh, I mean, would you ever 
where else outside of a football stadium would you want to be wearing like a football helmet? I think people buy them and just like put them on their mantle. Like, hey, I'm a Rutgers football fan. I've got the the Rutgers football helmet. I think that's the only reason you buy a helmet. You don't. When else would you wear it? Like, you're not just gonna go to like go to the bank and go, be like, go to- <laughs> I'm gonna take out like twenty. Go to the teller while you just walk up wearing a full on you know college football helmet. I mean, I don't know. You go to the supermarket. And you're just kind of running down the aisles with the cart with the helmet I'm on? I'm pretty sure you can't wear it while driving because I'm pretty sure oh. that really messes with your peripheral vision. It would be illegal to do that. Uh, I don't really think you'd have any reason to actually wear the helmet other than to wear it to the game. Uh, but it's cool, right? Because we haven't had anything like this since the Bon Jovi kid, um, which I think about every time because they play Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi pretty much every game. And I'm always thinking like, oh, where's that kid? I, I, it was funny, I, a couple weeks ago, I was like, whatever happened to that kid? I was I was thinking about it, but he's got to be like 18, 19, 20 years old now. That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, probably even older than that. Mike, is uh, this helmet guy now become a thing? And, like, they're going to overdo this at the stadium, aren't they? Where, like, he's now going to come to every game with the helmet on, and they're going to probably over under 10 times a game next, the first home game back after Wisconsin, where they show this guy. I mean, it's going to burn itself out in one of two ways. One, we're never going to see him again, right? Like, he's going to bring it to the game and no one will care. Or two, it's like what you said, which is they're going to put him on the screen and try to make him into an in-game meme. And we're, like, give him a song and all that. And we're just going to be like, holy crap, this guy's on the screen again. And Rutgers is losing by 38 in the first quarter. What do you think of that thing that they're doing on the scoreboard with the the jersey factor? Like every time there's a false start, there's only been like four this season, so it's so it's so every time there's a false start or a forced timeout, they're taking account pretty much, like, and they're they're calling it the jersey factor. So they're trying these things. I don't think the jersey like it's not working if it's only happened four times on the season where the crowd has caused a false start or uh, the opponent to use a timeout. But it's kind of along the lines of that. Wait, can they blame it on like are they, they're only taking credit for all the good things like the false starts they're not going to take any of the credit for like the shellackings that that who's that on who who gets the blame that, that does not go on the scoreboard other than the final score so i don't, I don't know who I that goes on with this like random taking of, of blame and and pride is in i think the only pride that came out of this whole thing which whatever i it's a little bit of a gimmick and they haven't even had a large enough crowd to make a difference this season uh i think penn state's doing this now like they're they're not calling it the Jersey factor, obviously, but yep. they are doing something where they show like again false start, something along those lines, and their crowd gets like a point or whatever. So it was for Rutgers fans, I guess, to like poke a little bit at Penn State, be like, oh, you're copying Rutgers, haha. Maybe that's the only thing you could take out of it, but I don't. I mean, I think you just have to take what you can get. You know, if if you at this if point you yeah. have that over Penn State, like yeah, okay. And, well, we did see the um, I don't know if you saw this. The USA Today college ranking came out a few weeks ago, and I think Rutgers was one spot ahead of Penn State. So there we got, you go. we got them there. We're up on them now. So uh, that that goes for for Helmet Guy. Good week and a good homecoming for him. Uh, a bizarre after the game scene. Um, I was on my way to the parking lot um, to get to work at night, and I got a text uh, from my mom that had a picture of a Rutgers flag that above the R had the letters spelling out fire ash. Um, and we tweeted this out on our Twitter handle let are you screw pod. Um, funny enough. So the story that how I kind of, kind of came about and figured out who the guy was at halftime of this game. And obviously there was room in the stadium. You could sit anywhere. This guy with a cowboy hat, a Led Zeppelin tie dye t-shirt sandals and shorts comes like, what? perusing into our section in section 106 and he sits down with his two children i'm gonna guess between the ages of eight and like 11 who were not going to pay any attention to the football game whatsoever this guy was as calm as can be for the second half he kind of sat down right at halftime and did like a look to his left and to his right like did they catch me i'm like dude like you could sit anywhere nobody's gonna care so at some point he was talking to a northwestern fan and i saw him take out the flag but like I, I couldn't. He didn't unfurl it and show what it really was. Clearly, that was it. The funniest thing to me about the picture, though, is it clearly are his two children. He's making them hold up a fire ash banner after a college football game, in which nobody cares about. Like that seems to be some serious child abuse. Well, hiding behind your kids on that is pretty funny. Like hold it yourself. You're gonna have the banner made. 
The other thing that kind of like, okay, you're gonna make the fire ash banner. I feel like there's a pun in there somewhere. His name is Ash. You want to fire him? Like you could make some sort of pun involving fire. That couldn't have been cheap. Maybe the guy owns like a banner store. That's not that cheap. Like that's gotta be, I don't know, eighty bucks, hundred bucks. I don't know how much it costs to get a, a custom made banner. And then of course maybe there's some obviously some sort of like licensing thing that he's probably not allowed to do that. But you know what it is? You know what's kind of cool about it for me? At least we have some fans, and regardless of whether you think they should keep Ash, fire Ash, he cares enough to make the banner. Like, we don't have that many of those fans, It right? was the weirdest thing, though. Was he, like, a, I'm now debating about whether he was, like, a plant. He was wearing nothing Rutgers-related. Like, he did. He like, looked like he just stumbled upon <laughs> Rutgers Stadium. Like, who is this guy? Like, who wait, is wait. this guy? If he's a let's think this through. If he's a plant, who planted him? That's my question now. I am now I'm intrigued. Now we're getting into conspiracy theories and I'm all about it. Who planted who the weird most dude? to benefit? Right, who who would benefit? Uh, Greg Schiano. I'm going to throw that name out there though. He probably doesn't need to do that. That's one name. Probably Kyle not Flood. him. Um Kyle, Kyle Flood, Mike. Who said Kyle, <laughs> what does he want his job back? What would Kyle Flood want? No, just just to redeem his record. Julie Herman. You Julie. know, maybe I don't, I don't know what she's up to these days. Maybe she wants to get revenge. Yeah, I could be easily some weird psycho on, like, the message boards who, like, just paid somebody random and just said, hey, can you wait until the end of this game and then put this thing out? It was – I'm just – I'm, like, rethinking about what the guy looked like and just how he acted throughout the entire game. Like, he was the most polite fella. Like, he would – he turned around a couple times and was just like, I don't understand what they're doing right now. And he was just speaking so softly and just so monotone and, like – I figured he was going to leave at some point if the game got out of hand. I guess he was playing to stay until the end regardless to take this thing out. And there was, like, no one there at the end. So who saw I guess the team saw it because it was – he obviously planned to have it right as they're doing the alma mater and facing that side of the stadium. I, I It seemed like, like, really planned and pointed to, like, at that exact moment, that exact time when there's, like, 100 people still in the stadium. It was just weird. Like, it was just weird. So are we, like, are there Rutgers fans who can afford to, uh, like, buy a plane and fly a banner over the stadium one of these games? Are we at that level? Do, are there, like, donors who are willing to do that? Mm, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say no for right now. Like, is there I, enough I, interest I, for here, some here's the, here's the thing. At, like, bigger-time colleges, right, there are the big-time donors, which will just go and talk to who they have to to get the coach fired. Then there's the smaller time donors who will go and fly those banners. Yeah, they're like, nobody's listening to me, so I now need to buy a plane. Our <laughs> donors who would be at the level of buying the planes, those are our big time donors. So they just, they don't <laughs> like, we don't have, like, we don't have that, that, that kind of lower class of donors. Like, I can't give any serious money to this, but I'll, get, I'll fly the plane. That's kind of where we are. I don't think that's something we'll be seeing. I feel like maybe the 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 Rutgers version of buying a plane to fly over is just like starting your own podcast for free. And, and just, just complain and bitch. Yeah, just that's it. Just start drumbeat. That's us. Awesome. I mean, podcast. Yeah, I mean, I guess who was going to see it are like, I'm by like our 70 followers who we tweeted out the photo to pretty much. That's pretty much you saw it. Uh, and maybe a few players on the field. That was, that, that was, it. So. I was kind of torn about tweeting that out. It feel like I, I don't like just putting it out there. I know it's there and it's there for people to see. And we're sort of, I don't know if we're journalists, but no. we're, sort of, we're sort of like, don't near, use the so, word. no, but it's like, but it's like, this is something that happened. We saw it happen. But it's also saying that someone should get fired, right? We, we saw Helmet Guy. We put him. We were just putting out there what right. happened we're, we're, that day at the stadium. We're letting the people know. I did feel a little bit bad about putting that out there because, you know, again, I Chris Ash is a person and he is obviously having a really tough time right now, and that doesn't make it any better. At the same time, the whole situation with the way the, the guy, what the guy was wearing and everything did make. Yeah, it, it was. I watch. I just want to talk about it because it was just so bizarre. Like if you could see who this guy was. You would have never picked him out of a line of 25, 50 Rutgers fans as far as who would pull out a fire ass banner. But I guess it happened. I guess, you know what? Now it's going to be it. Are we going to see it again the rest of the season? We'll see. Um, I, you know what? I came back late at night, um, was watching some of the highlights for some of the other games going on. 
Um, and I did happen to catch the end of the Ohio State-Purdue game. Uh, Purdue's biggest win under Jeff Brom, they dismantled Ohio State from start to finish. And uh, it got me thinking a little bit for Rutgers fans. It's starting to get a little irritating to see a couple other schools that changed coaches at the same time when Kyle Flood was let go and Chris Ash was brought in, specifically Syracuse and Purdue. And both in year threes, I think maybe Babers is in year four. I could be mistaken on that. I thought he's year three too. But either way, to see programs that you're supposed to be competing with. Remember, Rutgers beat Purdue not long ago. Last year. Yeah. it was. A, I mean, <laughs> they got outgained. They got destroyed. They but Purdue, them. For whatever reason, Purdue couldn't score a touchdown. And Rutgers won 14-12. Uh, it just, it's so, it's typical Rutgers to see like people at that same level who made changes at that same time. Um, they're finding ways to improve their program. How about Jeff Brom getting revenge on Greg Schiano? Right, because Jeff Brom was the offensive coordinator at Louisville in 2006, um, and Greg Shawn's obviously the defense coordinator at Ohio State. So that was pretty cool. It, it actually a lot of it reminded me sort of of that Rutgers win over Louisville for Purdue because there's this you know this nothing football school rebuilding under this new coach, and they got that win. Like I, I was jealous. Purdue's like my site, my team now. They've got that guy Rondale Moore. That dude, that dude is awesome. I like the running back DJ Knox. Like that's my that is my new team well that is my new team that i'm following for the rest of the year that is a fun team and yeah i am a little bit jealous mike i i don't get this like west lafayette syracuse like these aren't hot destinations what the hell are these guys doing so differently than chris ash because both were you could both call call both places dumpster fires when both those coaches took over at those programs yeah i was thinking about this too is it just bad luck like is it just you know, a certain percentage of new coaches hired are going to suck and they're going to fail. So are you just like grasping and trying to figure out and hoping that the one you pick will be the competent one and Rutgers just has picked wrong two times in a row? Or is this something that they just cannot get about the evaluation process? Um, I mean, I guess the, the difference is, though, with, with Dino Babers and with um, Jeff Brom, those guys were head coaches before, right? There's more evidence there that they could coach, unlike Chris Ash, who was, a, you know, a D.C., and so, you know, they had experience when they came into that job and they had success elsewhere. And maybe that's what kind of what Rutgers is over overlooked when they hired Ash. I don't know. That's that's the only thing I can do. It's either randomness or it's just inexperience coming home to roost. I mean, Rutgers hasn't even come close to the top wins that both those programs have had. Purdue beating Ohio State last weekend and Syracuse last year who beat Clemson. They just had a great overtime win against North Carolina a week ago this season. They're playing much better overall as a program. I mean, even Boston wait, College. Wait, wait, so literally they have not come close. The closest thing that they have done in achievement to that is scoring a point against Ohio State. That is the equivalent of that, right? Like. Purdue is beating Ohio State, Syracuse is beating Clemson, and Rutgers, when trying to match that, Kim Crow, that it scored three points against Ohio State this year. Like it's a the nice first kick, time though. it scored. That was, it was a nice kick when they scored that. But think about how far removed they are from those. The, 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 frust, the other frustrating thing is you can point to money. Those schools do have more money pouring in than Rutgers does, but those coaches, at least when they started off and they got hired, didn't get paid a lot more than Chris Ash. Um, now, Jeff Brom got a huge extension after last season, but if Rutgers finds a good coach at some point, they're going to have to do that, right? Like, like they had to, they gave Chris Ash the extension, but if you get a coach that is a lot more successful than that, you have to give them the big extension anyway. So you can't really point to Jeff Brom um, and say, well, he makes a lot more money. No, he didn't at first. I think his contract was about like high twos uh, when he first got hired, and now now he's up that's to $4 a million a year. What was that? But that's a lot more. Not it's not a lot more. Ash got what two two? Is that really a lot more at this level of 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 is football? I mean, is six hundred thousand dollars over a two point two million? Like that's that's thirty percent. I don't know, Mike. For an athletic department that's taking tens of millions of dollars every year in subsidies from the university, if you're going to do that, like why not just take out? But this is what we talked about before. Oh, yeah, 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 no, thousand dollars more. Paying. If you're no, my point is, is that the, that difference in salary isn't that much to the point where you would be like, well, why can't Rutgers find that guy? It was like, like in this case, it's not the case where you can say, oh, they have more money. It's not yeah. like you can't do that here. Yeah, it's poor money. That's frustrating. By Rutgers. 
But it's I'm saying what I'm saying is like if you're one of those coaches, you're going to take that extra thirty percent. Oh sure, but whatever that goes in the whole discussion. Spending more money might as well take out ten million more dollars. Why not thirty million more? Whatever it's that that whole conversation which we've had before. Yeah, I I just think it's just again typical Rutgers in that they it seems like have struck out again in a extremely important coaching hire, and there are clear examples of guys hired around the same time who, as Max pointed out, weren't going to make that much more money, who were way better options, and Rutgers couldn't close, they couldn't get that type of coach, whatever it may be. It just, It's just more poking. It's just poking and, at Rutgers. And that, that really reminds me of something I thought about this weekend, about what really sucks about being a Rutgers sports fan, right? What, what does it really come down to? Is your list of, like a top 100? No, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a list. It's, it's something that I pinpointed that I finally kind of marked down this weekend, right? It's not just that for the longest time you've been watching – as your program isn't relevant and it's not only not relevant, it's, it's bad. It's not just that it's that every damn year for the last 30 years, you have to watch as they're playing Syracuse in basketball and Carmelo Anthony comes in and you have to watch that. Or it's, it's UConn basketball or it's West Virginia football, Miami football, Penn state football. Like you have to play these teams every year and you see how good their teams are and you see just how much fun their fans are having. And they, they're just, it just seems like so much more fun. It's not just that you're bad. Like a school, like you're, you're a student, right? You go to Kane and Kane's a fine college, but you're not going there. You're not going to be exposed to big time sports there, right? At Rutgers, you're exposed to it, but you're not there. Like you're not, you don't get to have the fun that the Ohio State fans have, that the Penn State fans have. And it's just like this never ending string of rage filled jealousy or jealousy filled rage. Either way, it's one of those two things, and that's really what sucks. It's not just that you're not good. It's that you spend all this time watching these other schools that are so good and they're so much better than you, and you don't see a path to get there. And it's just like – it's like it's like you're someone who, who – you're having a hard time finding a relationship or whatever, and you have to watch people around you be – and it's like it's not just that it's bad for you. It's that you have to watch <laughs> as these schools are having so much fun. You are the perennial third wheel. Like you're, you're exact. Rutgers is always the third wheel, and you're reminded of it at every damn turn. And that's what really sucks about being a Rutgers fan, yeah. which can lead us into our next discussion. We'll get there in a little bit, but like that's the frustrating thing. Yeah, you know what? Let's, let's go into – I think we've got a lot there. It, it sucks to see other programs that, again, were at a similar level not too long ago where you thought Rutgers could continue to compete and kind of blow past them. Um, that hasn't happened. Uh, Max brought up an interesting point where students aren't getting a chance to enjoy this now. Fans are not. Um, I saw a couple of photos, and maybe it just takes me like a week sometimes after the game. You see a couple of photos, and you realize that nobody is at these games. Nobody. I mean, it has been crazy what it has turned into from just, you know, five, seven years ago to where we are at now and the kind of dwindling fan base that is. We saw some stuff on social media um, circling around. Uh, Josh Newman of the Asbury Park Press had uh, tweeted out basically um, somebody, her name I think is Barbara. Barb. Bar we're just going Barb. Barb. She's Barb's the rest of this uh, <laughs> this show and her relationship with us. We're close now because we were tweeting at her today. Um, she put out there saying that any season ticket holders that do not show up to the Penn State game and do not have a valid excuse are quote-unquote officially dead to me <laughs> so uh, yes barb throwing out the gauntlet to rutgers fans she was alluding to the penn state game on november 17th um so what we decided we were going back and forth with her we're going to talk about it a little bit right now the week of the penn state game on this podcast she is going to give us her top five legitimate excuses for season ticket holders to miss this game we are going to fill out her remaining top 10 and come up with our own five to have top 10 excuses for Rutgers fans to miss the Penn State game. And we are just going to whore ourselves out on social media. If you are a Rutgers fan, <laughs> season ticket holder, and you are missing the game, you have to send us proof with one of the excuses as why you are going to miss that. Mike, you are you on board with that? Yes. Max, you good with yeah, that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I, um, I, want, I want these to be creative, though. 
Yeah, I know. That's why I didn't want tonight. I don't want to come up with excuses tonight. I think just the tweet itself was hilarious. We have now a couple of weeks. We bought ourselves some time to uh, to come up with those excuses and fill that out. Like, I want, like, we need to do one of those things where, like, when a team goes to either, like, the World Series where they send those, like, notes to schools. Like, this is why your kid is allowed to miss it and they, they sign it. We'll just do it from, like, the RU Screw Pod. You're allowed to miss the Rutgers-Penn State game with our, like, signature on it. I'm in. Great. I'm in. Yeah, that, that's uh. That's a good idea. I, I guess I, I do. You, have you sent Max on like the Rutgers Twitter world? There, I just I try some, to kind of stay. I know you're good. You're good with that. <laughs> I get sucked in because I, again, I can't restrain myself. Yeah, the, I think you're the only one who lives there. So tell us about it. Tell yeah, us what that's a weird. It's a weird world. There's only like ten of us really involved in it. It's a couple of the beat writers. It's like probably my brother, a few like message board people, and like I lurk pretty much, um, and I rarely respond. But lately. There's like a couple of very, very positive Rutgers fans, and good for them. This this woman, Barb's, is an example. Oh, I thought we were going Barb. You were going Barbs. plural? Barb's. Barb's. Okay, Barb's. I'm, okay. I'm going Barb's. So Barb's is pretty pretty positive, it seems, from looking at her Twitter uh, and her tweets. Um, Aaron uh, Patel is his name. Um, he is the ultimate Rutgers cheerleader. You can go find him on, on Twitter, and you can go be immersed in his stuff. I'm always amused at the positive people, how angry they get at like the either realistic ones who I think we kind of consider ourselves to be pretty honest and bl- and blunt about Rutgers athletics and the really negative ones. Sometimes I drift into that category. My brother probably falls into that category. The hate that comes from them. It's like, to me, it's like, dude, chill out. What happened to Mr. Positive all of a sudden? <laughs> it's kind of weird because in, in fandom, the standard is the yelling, screaming, biased, irrational. I mean, fan is short for a fanatic, right? So that's kind of the standard is to be like that. But that's not necessarily, at least in my opinion, the best way to to be a fan. Like, if, if you're invested in the program, we all want them to be good. But that doesn't mean you have to just be positive all the time. <laughs> I would argue that being honest, and, and this gets me in trouble a lot in my life, just being honest all the time, where it's just like, you have to, like, just, how can you do that all the time when it's, you're looking out at the field and you're, like, hanging on, oh, are they going to go, are they going to win this game, get to 2-10 and 10 or 1-11? and 11? Like, I don't understand how you can remain positive. Now, supportive, yes, I get it. I know they're college students and they're, they're trying hard. And I know that Chris Ash is trying hard. He's not a college student. He's a highly paid public employee. It's like, I don't understand not only the the constant positivity, but how can you can how can you get mad at others when oh. they don't share your positivity? Like, look at look at this crap. Like, look at what we're watching every Saturday. How can you blame others if you have this constant positive positivity? Good for you. Yeah, Mike, but how can you blame others? How about like the fact that a lot of times they'll go into like these diatribes and basically like like. They would love to crush somebody like you who they'll they'll call you a bandwagon fan. You have no right to say anything because you don't contribute X amount like I do per year. You're not supportive. Like, why are you so negative? You're the reason why people don't want to come to Rutgers. Like, the Rutgers fans are so typical and never supportive. Like, it's it's like, yo, there's a reason. And there's actual, <laughs> like, we have, like, X, Y, and Z to why this is happening. This isn't just, like, we just like to fuck around and and make fun of them for no reason. So, Mike, if they're coming at you, what would you have to say back? If someone called me a bandwagon fan, I would like to know what the hell kind of bandwagon I'm jumping on. <laughs> like, what the hell is this rickety-ass bandwagon with three wheels driven by, a, like, a blind donkey? Like, what is going on here? I mean, it's so stupid. It's like politics in a lot of ways, right? It's the same type of tribalism. And so it's this blind, like, Rutgers tribalism that, you know, uh, everything has to be put in a positive light and we're always rooting for our team. And it's the same people who probably think that dissent isn't patriotic because you can't ever criticize your country as if that, like, you know, our government is always correct. I think it's the same type of ethos. And I mean, it's it, to me, it's just stupid and it's so small minded too. like it shows this lack of subtlety that exists in the world. Hey, but, you know, everyone's a fan in their own way. My bet, my better question is, and I started thinking about this once I uh, once we started talking about this subject. Are there Rutgers bots out there? Are, do you think that do you think like if you're the athletic program, right, and you're like in whatever the marketing department or anything like that? Are, would you create like fake Rutgers accounts to drum up interest and spin positive stuff out there on Rutgers Twitter? 
I don't think so because I I actually know like I I've seen some of these. There's there's really not many people who are like the positive ones. Like we're we can count them on like one hand pretty much. These people that are in the social media world. I'm sure uh, Steve Politi put out the column over the week or on Monday about that fan. You oh, guys have linked it right away. That guy who's got season tickets for 39 years and he keeps coming back and all that stuff. So there are plenty of people not in the social media world who do enjoy it. And I don't, for whatever reason, there's plenty of good and bad reasons for that. I just find it funny a lot of times where like Rutgers people in general love to eat like each other apart and just love to just crush one another for their stances, especially when it comes to the sport. Because it's not like you want to get in an argument with fans of other schools, because what are you going to say? <laughs> like, yeah, well, no, what are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, it has to be internecine, right? Because there's nothing else to talk about. It has, like, at when the program, at all of the programs that, you know, really matter, which is to say the basketball program and, uh, you know, women's basketball has had a tough time lately, and then the football program, when you can't be competitive from outside of your school, like the only way to maintain some kind of like, I don't know, ability to, to be proud is to lash out at the people who aren't as big of fans as you are, even among your own fan base, right? Like you, you want to maintain some kind of primacy somehow. How about it's the cute. fact that you can't even get mad you, as a positive person? Don't even get mad at the negative, quote unquote, people, because the fact that they're even talking about Rutgers is still a good thing. There has been enough going on where if you are a Rutgers fan, you have all the reason in the world to turn your back and never pay attention again to another Rutgers big time sporting event. Right? Like you, people can like you can say whatever you want about us, and we we've been pretty critical, I think, of the football team and. Soon enough, I'll be very critical <laughs> of the basketball team. Don't worry about that. Tick, tick, but, tick, tick. but hey, we, we all are very busy people. We get together every week and do a podcast about Rutgers sports. So, like, just because we're not always positive, we care. Like, there, that, there's a space for that. There's, like, five of them, by the way, right now. This, this is, like, all you would think Rutgers has, like, the biggest, craziest fan base in the world that there's, like, a five different Rutgers podcasts but, out there. But what I wanted to get back to before before we forgot, so the Barbs, Barbses, Barbses. Yeah. Barbs, Just not barbs. 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 But, but for making it possessive, it's got to be Barbs's. Barbs's point about the Penn State game on November 17th, we've been talking about this for, for a while now, about how Penn State is, their fans are going to take over that building. Like, we, we saw it two years ago. Uh, Rutgers lost 39 nothing. It wasn't, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. This year, it's already going to be pretty bad, but it's actually going to be worse than I think people realize. Here's why. The game is November 17th. Now, Penn State, if you don't know, they get the entire week off for Thanksgiving. So all of their students who live in New Jersey, my sister's a sophomore at Penn State. She says everyone that she knows from New Jersey is planning on going to this game because they're all going to be home. Yeah. So it's possible that there are more Penn State students at this game than Rutgers students. It's possible. No, than Rutgers fans. Not even students, than Rutgers fans. It's like, and I, I, I look, and, and I, I'm, I kind of go both ways. Part of me is like, hey, Rutgers fans, sell your tickets for whatever you can. If you can sell them for a lot, do it. Other part of me is like, yeah, show up, show your pride. But we, we don't have the numbers. Like, Penn State's coming with, like, heat-seeking missiles. We got Barb, and she's got a bayonet. <laughs> and it's like, we, we like... We don't have the numbers. It's going to be... It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. Like, uh, I... And people are going to forget this because of how bad the program has gotten. I think, and I will always remember this, I was never more impressed than the first year in the Big Ten when Rutgers hosted Penn State in that first game. Rutgers fans do not get enough credit for maintaining control of that building. The students that showed up, the season ticket holders who did not sell their tickets, there was not as many Penn State people as I thought there was going to be. And it, because the program has sucked now, we're on completely different terms. This is going to be a bloodbath from the point of there's no interest. No Rutgers fans are going. Um, you're going to have some Rutgers students, A, just going home for Thanksgiving just a little bit early because they maybe want to. B, they just don't – they can't stand watching. They, they're not coming in for these games be right cold. now. It's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. Like, you know that you're going to get the shit heckled out of you all day. Like – I'm a max. That is, I mean, I think the only reason I'm going to wind up going, the only reason. <laughs> because I, you have a disease. Like, what do you mean? You're going to, of course you're going to go. No, the only reason I'm going, and Mike can probably agree with this here. I just need to make sure that my brother does not wind up in jail that day. <laughs> that is my only responsibility. Because I, I really don't want to go to that one. I, I really. Yeah, I really don't. Because this oh, is, my. this is. 
this is because it's going to be 70 nothing. It's like they're not going to even this is going to be game over after 10 minutes in. You're going to hear we are for four hours. You're giving straight. them 10 minutes. <laughs> Whatever. I'm with Max. It, it, I, I can't even contemplate how bad this that that well, scene is going much to be like bad. 78 nothing i'll be there every second and uh oh. that game remember michigan over the, the ruckers band was like playing with, oh like, my michigan god they were playing the, the end they were playing hell of the victors i was like what are you this doing this could be like that but it, it'll i don't want to use the word fun it'll be interesting it'll be interesting oh, to Matt, watch that see, stadium max love a very sadistic laugh going on the entire day <laughs> Just kind of like, like I, to- I told you so. Whatever you it's so. gonna, whatever it's gonna be there. Like it's, that, right. it's well, the way it's gonna be. Well, we'll again, we'll revisit that in a couple of weeks. We will give Barb's uh, her top five and our top five to get a list of ten. No, she's going to. She will. Okay. She will. I got faith in her. You, you got it, Barb's. Uh, we'll get a, a, a list, a excuse list for fans not attending the Penn State game. Um, we figured this would be a good time. Rutgers now 1-7 and seven on the season. They've got four games left. Because this is the bye week coming up, and we have no spread to talk about in relation to Rutgers. Um, and just a reminder, we did lose last week. I picked Rutgers to cover. Max and Mike did not. So we took Northwestern, technically. I'm sorry. I didn't know Northwestern was that crap. I'm just, I'm just again, stating fact. Um, so we figured this would be a good time to check in on how we did in our early season predictions for our over-unders. I went back and listened to episode one to go and get this information. Um, Okay, so here is where we stand. I'm going to go list by list. Some of these are really funny. Um, We started off our over-unders with wins for the season. We put the over-under at four and a half. It's still alive! (laughs) Both Max and myself had Rutgers at four wins. We both said four by the end of the segment. We technically took the under. Mike took the over. And Mike, here is who (laughs) you said Rutgers would beat. They were going to beat Texas State, Kansas, Buffalo, Illinois, and Maryland. Your quote was, Art Sitkowski is better than we think. What do you have to say for yourself, good sir? Uh, At least I didn't bet on it. (laughs) All right, so that was our over-under for the Reds. I had nothing to start with as it was. So in in since let's keep the theme going with Mike and thinking that Art Sitkowski was going to be good, he was originally setting the lines at this time while we were going th- doing this episode. Idiots, why'd you let me do that? I don't know. You originally set the Art Sitkowski lines for yards at 2,400. <laughs> and Max and I laughed at that time, and I had to cut in and say, you're crazy. Let's put it at least somewhere... I don't know. That's achievable, maybe. So we somehow settled on eighteen hundred. That is what we settled on. Both Max and Mike still took the over <laughs> on eighteen hundred. I at least I took the under on Art Sitkowski and eighteen hundred yards, and I am sitting pretty on that one. Boys. I don't, you're not. You're not sitting pretty as, oh, as yeah. pretty as you think. We got four games left. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. You need about you need about two hundred and forty yards a game. Yeah, which we need probably a thousand yards over the next four games to get there. That's not not happening. Well, how about this though? Well, something we didn't mention. Pour one out for bowl eligibility. They now cannot make a bowl mm. at one and seven. All right, well. I mean, if they win out, you know, there's a possibility at five and seven. If not enough teams, but I don't think they're going to win out. Well, no. I remember, Chris Ash was the one that put bowl in people's mouths talking about that. So that's his fault. Then Mike uh, joked about uh, over under homecoming wins at point five. <laughs> um, we didn't answer that one, but obviously, good thing uh, Rutgers lost. So. I took the under, by the way, for the record. Good job. Good job on that. Oh, you also joked, Mike, about the fact that if Rutgers, when they were going to beat Kansas, how quickly would they fire their coach, Beatty, um, after that game? That one turned out well. (laughs) Um, And then we also uh, did the announced Texas State attendance. Max, can you look that up real quick? I actually forgot to look what that was. We put it at 41,000 announced, not actual, because it was not 41,000. Max and myself took the over, and Mike took the under on the Texas State attendance at 41,000. So we'll check uh, the box score from that game. I I think they it was like just around that number, if I was mistaken. So maybe we actually were correct in setting a line that was – that was close. I still can't believe that, Mike, that you put Art Sitkowski at 2,400 yards. 
I was drunk. I was drunk on the Sitkowski hype. Announced what? attendance for Texas State, 40,124. Oh, all right. So, Mike, Mike, right. vindication, sweet vindication uh, for Mike. So, can, can so, I get, my, can I yeah. get my, my, my due diligence or my respect for also calling the Isaiah Pacheco uh, coming out party? I was thinking about that the other day. I knew you were going to bring it up. Now, I remember, I think it was before our first podcast, you watched the Isaiah Pacheco high school highlight video. True or false? That was the first high school highlight video you've ever watched of any player ever. It could have been anyone that you watched that highlight video of. It happened to be Isaiah Pacheco, so that became your guy. No, of anyone ever? No, no way. I remember I covered Rutgers for you. I watched uh, Rashinho and uh, oh. the Noel Divine high school highlights are famous. You phrased that question in the wrong way. Was it? I just I thought I I thought I didn't have you as the watching high school football highlights guy. But Mike, but to Mike's point, he was Mike. Pat on the back for you. Uh, that kid is he's gonna he's legit. He's yep. a legit Big Ten talent. Um, that's cool. So that's that's nice. I, At least that's a positive. They have two weapons, and they both play running back. And for some reason, they don't want to put them on the field at the same time to maximize their offensive talent. But whatever. They they were on the field a few times together, but not in any kind of consistent way. You would think that, yeah, like these are the two of the guys on the offense that can make plays, and you'd want Blackshear and uh, both Blackshear and Pacheco. Pacheco on the field at the same time. Yeah. All right. So that was our uh, not too hot in terms of the start of the season and our over unders there. Uh, so we figured we'd come up with a couple uh, new ones for the rest of the season. Four games left, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State. Um, so a couple that I had come up with, if you think of any others real quick, we can throw them on in. But I'm going to set the line for shutouts in the final four games. Rutgers will get shut out over under two and a half times. Uh, Mike, what are you going with? Over. Over. Okay. So Rutgers, you're saying at least three of the four games, they will be shut out. Max? I'm going to go under. Uh, they, they've only been shut out once this season, right? Have they been shut out? I, 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 like, I, I'm just, I'm totally blanking on whether this no, probably no, they didn't get shut out this year. Yeah, they haven't even shut out one time. Right, they got that late touchdown against Maryland when we kind of stopped paying attention. Um, and they got that field goal against Ohio State in the second half. I think three shutouts in four games is – I'm not putting it past them because they have been shut out by all four of these teams before in the last couple of years. But I think three shut. I think I think they'll score like – got a field goal one game, maybe a fumble return for a touchdown. I don't know. But I, I think three shutouts is a lot. I think the one thing that I'm not sure of is the Michigan State game. Their That's, defense is pretty good. I know, but I just feel like that one's on the edge. I feel like there's no way Jim Harbaugh will let them score. Like, that's just going to be a bloodbath. Well, it's not even that they're going to let them. Like, that defense is unbelievable. Like, they, no, they, no, I, mean, I mean, like, in the fourth quarter, well, he'll, he'll just, like, you know, play the guys that are, like, you know, the club football team. that They're he still better than Rutgers. They, they, they did that in 78 nothing. They had their fourth string running back. I think he ran for, like, more yards than the whole I Rutgers think team. I'm going to go under, but I do think they get shut out twice. I think Michigan for sure – and I think that Penn State game is a shutout. I just, I just kind of came to me. It's entirely possible that they don't score a point the rest of the season. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I would obviously bet against that happening, but it's within the realm of possibility that they what don't score. What do you think we can get for that? Uh, they'd, I, they'd be pretty. They'd be pretty. Sl what slim. would you set the match? What would you set the line at for total points the rest of the season? Twenty. Twenty would be pretty high. I uh, no, I think twenty is about right. I'd say somewhere in the 20 games, I can't get 20 points. Yeah, I mean, I would go somewhere in the 20 to 28 range. All right. Well, how about uh, since we were joking with Mike and crushing him for his Sikowski over under uh, 250 total passing yards for the Rutgers quarterbacks over the final four games over under <laughs> Max? <laughs> I mean, you kind of got to say over, right? But maybe not. Like, oh, so that's, that's 60. Two yards a game. I, I I'm taking the over. I mean, that's just that, that's even harder than going scoreless. I mean, I think they, not they if, did not if they have another five yard passing game against Michigan, like the seventy eight nothing or the eight yards against Maryland. I mean, I I don't know if they're going to get to that. I, I I really I really I'm going to take the under under two hundred fifty. Well, what we have seen two of these last games are on the road. That 
as bad as they've been at home, they have been wholly incompetent on the road. Like it's and the offense, like we've seen it. Obviously at Ohio State, you're going to see it, but at Kansas, at Maryland, we've seen the offense go to depths that I don't think we thought that they could. And so again, much like not scoring the rest of the year under 250 in four games, definitely possible. So what are you going to do officially, Max? <sighs> I got to take the over. It's 250. Like <laughs> like like that's like. 150 yard pass. I know they don't do that often, but it just, I feel like 250. I, I got to take the over. All right. So I'm taking the under. You're taking the over. Mike, are you officially taking the over? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm on the over on that one. Even, okay. I, even I'm not that cynical. Over on that. I think, I, I don't, I think all of us are going to take the under here. 0.5 leads for Rutgers after one quarter. After, so after a quarter of play, Rutgers has a lead, 0.5, setting the over-under. I well, would Rutgers, take the under if it was zero. Okay. Mike's <laughs> I, taking the under. Matt, now, so rem- they lucky. Remember, they did lead 6 nothing at Penn State last year, and we knew we knew that it wasn't going to last. Like I said, my sister's a sophomore at Penn State. I still sent her the screenshot. I, I, <laughs> I, I, blurred, out the fi- I blurred out the first quarter and put final Rutgers 6 nothing. Still have it. Um, but... I got to take the under, though, with something crazy like that wouldn't, you know, a game that they lead three nothing and then lose 42 to three is possible. Now, if you say, well, they have a lead at all, I would probably take the over. Just maybe they'll get an opening drive field goal or something or they'll fumble, you know, fumble. I'm going to say I'm going to take the over. They are going to have a lead after one quarter at Michigan State and then give up like 50 in a row. Okay, but they will have a lead because Michigan's going to be a noon game, I'm sure. Like nobody in the stadium, probably. So I'll go to the Michigan State. Think of how fun that, that could be. That could be a very analogous to that. Remember that Rutgers? We were talking about last uh, last episode. That Rutgers basketball game where they beat Minnesota in their last conference game of the year to go one in seventeen in the conference. It could kind of be like that, where they're one in ten, and we're like, oh, they're up three nothing on Michigan State, and then you know. Things, and, go and the things, things go the way we All do. All right, our last uh, over-under for the rest of the season for home games. Mike, you lead us off here. Um, one home game of an announced attendance over 43,000. No. Okay, so you were going under. No. Okay. I'll take the over, but, you know, it'll be a lot. Oh, hey, it was, actually, no, I take it back. Mm. I take the over. It's going to be the Penn State game. Right, yeah. yeah. It'll be, like, it, it's, it, that's, go, again, it's going to be a sight to behold. But I'll I take was, the over. I was going to take the under because I was convinced that Penn State fans kind of not have given up on the season, but two losses, they're down on it. Like, if they would have come in undefeated, they would have loved to put up 150, come out undefeated in that game on their way to the playoff. But Max has convinced me. I did not know that they get the whole week off. It is going to be nothing but Penn State people. I'll say 40 4,000 announced, um, and it'll be 30,000 of them will be Penn State fans. That, that's a little extreme, but not outside the realm of possibility. So, uh, so yeah, we'll keep a track of those pretty much. Uh, Mike, great stuff today. Uh, appreciate you hopping on from Miami. Uh, Max, great stuff from you as well. we'll be, we will do this next week. Uh, we'll preview Rutgers and Wisconsin. God help us. I do want to mention one thing. One now, I, know this thing. Was, I know this was two years ago. I know the season tickets are down for Rutgers. Announced attendance, last Penn State Rutgers game, 51,366. Wow. All right, so we'll see where, well, we'll see where we land. Uh, other than that, uh, we'll keep, th- keep thinking of those excuses, people. We need those for the Penn State game. Other than that, it's been another fun time. Max? Pay the players. See you later, guys.